OTAs have wrapped up and the New York Jets appear to be a for the Jets fans appear to be a fan base divided. We'll cover that more tonight on this episode of Jet Nation Live. I'm Glenn Naughton. Dylan Terman will not be joining us tonight. I'll be flying solo. So we're going to cover a few topics that came out of camp at One Jets Drive in Florham Park. So one thing that's jumped out at me in recent days, because what we've seen is Robert Sala, if you haven't seen it by now, has announced that the team will have no more team activities this offseason until the team starts their preseason schedule leading up to the Hall of Fame game in Canton. So this means the Jets will not have their three-day session. They were going to have a little bit down the road, but they will gain a couple of extra days as they get closer to camp because they will kick things off a week earlier, having a game one week before everybody else. And so this is another example of the Jets having an opportunity to do something to get better, but taking a pass on it. Um, And I understand people are saying, well, oh, Glenn, they're not losing any days. They're actually gaining days because they get that week and they're only giving up a couple of days. I get that. But I also understand the fact that We have seen in recent years, not a ton, but we have seen examples of teams getting fine, losing draft picks because they're doing the opposite of what the Jets are doing there. Now, I'm not saying I want the Jets to do anything outside of the rules illegal, but we have seen teams bend the rules or flat out break the rules to get a few more reps, a few more practices, a few more whatevers, whereas the Jets are being given by the league an opportunity to get more reps than any other team in the league. And they're voluntarily saying, you know what? We're good. We'll give, we'll give back those couple days. And we're happy to just start camp. You know, we'll start camp early, but you can have those practice days back. And this is similar to me or the fan reaction. I should say similar to me to the situation with Deandre Hopkins, who's a free agent. You have one segment of the fan base that's saying, Go get this guy. He makes your team better. He gives your quarterback another weapon and gets you that much closer to a Super Bowl. And you have another segment of the fan base that's like, we got Aaron Rodgers. We don't need him. Um, The practices. There are those fans who are saying, get every single second of practice you can. New quarterback, new offense, some new players. I mean, of course, the, you know, the Alan Lazars and Randall Cobbs of the world, not a huge deal because they know this offense with this quarterback. But to most of the guys on the roster, this offense is brand new. So there are those fans saying, get every single rep you can. All gas, no breaks, right? This is what we're told. It's, it's, it's all gas, no break, and this is all about work, work, work. And so you have that segment of the fan base that's saying, put in that work. Get every second you can. Get every rep you can. Go get every player you can that makes this team better. No, you don't sign every free agent. Not realistic, and not every guy helps you. But a guy like DeAndre Hopkins does, at least in my opinion. He's an upgrade over the guys they currently have. So one segment, again, of the fan base is saying, let's go get DeAndre Hopkins. Let's go get a Dalvin Cook, right? He's out there. You can't get all these guys, but you can get some of them. And fans, now it does seem to me, from you know the forums at JetNation.com where you should absolutely be checking things out there. Most active Jets message board on the web. Most fans are happy with the the. It's look, we got Aaron Rodgers. Relax, right? R e l a x. The old Aaron Rodgers, you know, when he called into that that uh, sports radio show a few years ago, 
relax. That's what we, we got Aaron Rodgers. Why, why is anybody talking about, you know, practices and, and adding players and talent? We got Aaron. Well, there are those who feel that Aaron's a great quarterback, but shouldn't you still be doing as much as you can to get that much closer to a Super Bowl? Because as we saw with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, he won a ring. Great. 12 years ago, he had he was on some good teams. He was on some teams that did some really good things and came up short. And there are some fans who view this one to two year window. Let's even call it a two year window. Let's let's throw the one year thing out the out out the window because Aaron Rodgers had said himself he doesn't view it this way. You know, he, he doesn't view coming here as a, a, a one and done. So let's call it a two year window. That's still a small window. It's a small window before your your Sauce Gardeners and Garrett Wilsons and these guys start looking for those new contracts. So you've got a couple of years to win something. And there are, again, there are those fans who are just looking at what the Jets have right now, and they're fine with it. I've said many times, I've said it on Twitter, I've said it on the forums of Jet Nation, I've said it on this show, I've said it on other shows. When is this team going to get a QB2? Why why didn't they go get somebody before the offseason program started to work behind Aaron Rodgers like a Gardner Minshew, like a Teddy Bridgewater, like, a, well, I mean, God, you hate to say Carson Wentz, but even Carson Wentz. And, I, I you know, the, the response I always get is, Glenn, if Aaron Rodgers goes down, the season's over anyway. To which my answer is always, what if you just need one game? What if you just need a half? Right. If you listen to this show, you've heard me say it a million times. If the Jets are in the playoffs and Aaron Rodgers has to come out of that game and miss the second half and it's a close game, they're up by seven, down by seven, however you want to play it. You just need a veteran quarterback to score you a touchdown or to hold on to a lead. They don't have a guy that you can look at and say, oh, yeah, he can do that. It's just not on the roster right now. But again, you have the segment of the fan base that just says we got Aaron Rodgers. Why are you talking about a QB2? Well, because you might need your QB2 at some point. And whether Aaron Rodgers throws 50 touchdowns this year or 20 touchdowns this year, that doesn't matter. Bottom line is, if he misses time, if he's out in a big spot, do you want Zach Wilson, do you want your season to be in his hands? Me personally, I don't. And as I've said a million times before, I was a big Zach guy. I'm still rooting for the kid. I'm not giving up on him. I'm just reacting based on what we know about him up to this point. And right now, what we know about Zach Wilson up to this point is he's not an NFL caliber quarterback. And you can talk to me about his five and two record and how we had a nice stretch at one point last year. Don't care. By the end of the season, he was a broken quarterback who was benched twice and couldn't execute the most basic plays. The fund his fundamentals were a wreck whether it was the footwork, the arm angles. And look, I, I get when he was drafted, that was something we liked. He could throw from multiple arm angles. That's because he was throwing accurately. When your mechanics are all out of whack, people will look past it when you're still putting the ball on time and on target. But right now that's not happening with Zach Wilson. Or I should say up up until last year, all the, the entire second half, when he was benched, came back on the field, was benched again, He that he just wasn't that guy. He wasn't the guy you could look to to complete passes. If you don't have a quarterback who you can count on to complete passes and you're trying to win a Super Bowl, I don't see how you don't go out and try to get a second quarterback. And I still think the Jets will. I just think that this, like a lot of things they've done this offseason, 
Um, there's not a sense of urgency. And I, I understand they want to get a look at Zach. But I think that if a guy like Teddy Bridgewater or, you know, as I've said, I know he's gone now. Gardner Minshew has signed, so he's no longer an option. But if they don't if they don't shore up this number two spot and they did all of this, they spent this whole offseason working on getting Aaron Rodgers and then they they come up short because Aaron Rodgers misses a half of a game. And, you know, for, for one half, he sits out and then you're in a situation where 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 you, you've got a quarterback who you can't rely on to win you a game in a big spot. So that's what the Jets are up against right now with, with the QB2 situation, the receiver situation, as we've said, DeAndre Hopkins, right? I mean, here's a guy, here's a guy who's been a really good receiver as a pro, was phenomenal last season once he got on the field. Yes, he missed time with PEDs, but you can't rule out every guy who's who's using PEDs in the NFL. You're probably not going to be able to feel the roster if that's the approach you take. But he averaged 80, 80 yards a game for the Texans last or for uh, for Arizona last year when he came back. His numbers extrapolate out to 1,400, 1,500 yards over a 17-game season. You're going to tell me the Jets couldn't use that right now, but there are a lot of fans who don't want him. And, you know, I see what's common saying here, he's a stud, may not be a good team fit, which is a possibility. Listen, you know, I say it all the time with the draft. And it's important to remember with free agency too, right? Sometimes there is behind the scenes stuff that teams know about that we don't. And that's why guys don't get signed. Maybe, maybe the Jets are concerned about DeAndre Hopkins' age. Maybe they're looking at it and saying, look, he played well at the end of last year, but, you know, he's coming up on that age. He's right around the same age Julio Jones was when he just nosedived. Production fell off a cliff. Maybe that's the situation. But, the, the you know the 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 film doesn't lie the video evidence of DeAndre Hopkins last year is you know showed us that he can still play at a high level and if you if you pair him with Garrett Wilson much better option but again this is where Jets fans are divided there are some fans who can't fathom why in the world anyone should be worried about anything because we got Aaron Rodgers what who cares about QB2 who cares about safety depth who cares about linebacker depth who cares about the old line we don't need another receiver we got Aaron Rodgers me personally and a few other fans it seems to be the minority of fans are looking at this team as short window where are the holes fix them now because you don't have a lot of time to get this done and again fan base seems to be divided on this i'm i'm really I, if I'm being honest, I'm I'm really shocked at the number two things that I'm seeing from Jets fans right now that really surprised me. Um, one, not all that common, but I've seen a fair number of people say how excited they are because Aaron Rodgers gives the Jets a shot to be a playoff team. And I've talked about this a million times already. Um, he's not here to make the Jets a playoff team. There are a bunch of quarterbacks you could have gone out and gotten to make you a playoff team. You get Aaron Rodgers to make you a Super Bowl team. And that's what the Jets have done. So it surprises me when I see people say how excited they are that Rodgers gives the Jets a, a shot at the playoffs, as if that should be the, the ceiling. Um, and then those who don't see the need for improvement or for a QB2, I don't get it. That's where fans are right now. Um, who knows what the Jets will do in terms of personnel. Robert Sala did cover that a little bit today. Um, during his presser, he was asked about Dalvin Cook. He didn't rule it out. Uh, the Minnesota running back, if you hadn't heard, was released. I mean, this is a stud running back, folks. And I'm a huge, as you know, 
if you listen to the show, I'm a huge Izzy Abanacanda guy. Loved him out of pit. Wanted the Jets to take him. Wanted him in that slot where the Jets got him. Actually wanted him the, the pick earlier. Um, but he was still on the board with the following pick, and they ended up getting him. Uh, Dalvin Cook would mean, obviously, a significantly reduced role in his rookie season for Izzy Abanacanda. But if the Jets were to do it, I completely get it. Because as I've said, I, you know, small window, add as many weapons as possible for that short run to try to make something happen. And Dalvin Cook is a guy who could get you there. My gut feeling, if I'm Dalvin Cook, I'm si- and I'm signing in the AFC East, I'm going to Miami or Buffalo. And it really, the Jets aren't even a consideration. Why? If I go to Buffalo, I'm, I'm the number one running back. Uh, un- without a doubt, you're definitely the number one guy. And if you go to Miami, you're a young guy with, you know, with, with that environment versus New York, New Jersey. Um, you know, weather, nightlife, social life. Um, they, and let's not forget Miami's got a phenomenal, you know, arsenal of weapons. Um, you know, there are questions at quarterback, of course, but they still, with, with the speed they have around him, if you had a, if any running back in that offense with what those receivers are going to be able to do to keep defenses backed off, you're not going to be able to stack the box against that team, even if Tua doesn't have a, a, a fantastic arm. He's just got to have a good enough arm to keep you honest. So a guy like Dalvin Cook could be hugely productive in Miami. He wouldn't be paying state taxes. He'd be living the life that, you know, most young guys would prefer to live versus paying through the nose in taxes and, you know, not having the weather that you get in Miami, not getting the environment, the the social setting. So if I'm Dalvin Cook, I'm looking at Miami. I'm looking at Buffalo if I want to go to the AFC East. But listen, if the money's right, maybe he likes the idea of Aaron Rodgers. I have no idea. But if his if his priority is playing time, I would imagine it would be Buffalo. If his priority is 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 you know being able to enjoy himself on and off the field, I would think Miami. But if it's just about going to the best team with the best defense, best quarterback, um, you know the, the combination of those things, then the Jets have a shot. Um, he's a guy that I'd be absolutely fine if the Jets added him. But also if they don't. Fine with that too, because as I said, that means that means more of an opportunity for Izzy Abanacanda, who uh, who I think has an opportunity to do some really great things. Um, some OTA uh, presser stuff today from Aaron Rodgers. Just wanted to cover a little bit of that. Uh, funny line from Rodgers said uh, he, he thanked Zach Wilson for not making his life hell at practice. Of course, a a callback to Wilson's comments last season about how he would make the any veteran the Jets come in make his life hell in practice every day. But look, it seems like they've uh, they've they've bonded. They've gotten along well as everyone expected. They you know they obviously started building a rapport last year when the two uh, you know when the two were photographed you know at at midfield and actually the, the year before I believe with the uh, with the preseason scrimmage. So Wilson and, and Rogers obviously knew each other a little bit. We've all talked about how it would be beneficial for Wilson to learn from Rogers, and that looks looks to be the case so far. Reports on how Wilson has looked. It, 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 the sample size is so small. The reports are so conflicting. It's just impossible right now, at least for me to to look at whether it's one beat writer saying this, another beat writer saying that. Of course, the coaches are all going to have glowing, wonderful things to say. You're not going to get a really objective take. You're not going to get, or and and we're not going to, or we haven't had a look at anything he's done up to this point. Of course, it's all been behind closed doors you get the, you get the odd tweet from the team of a completion uh so not a whole lot to go off of there but all you can all you, you you tip your cap to Zach Wilson he appears to be handling it well he talked about it 
with the media about, you know, it's it's not easy to to do what he's done. And it's not, you know, as Robert Sala said it, I believe Rich Samini uh, sent out a tweet with a few thoughts on it and said that this isn't, uh, you know, that Zach Wilson appears to be taking it in stride, handling it well and doing really all you can ask a guy to do. It's it's not he goes from being the top pick to the unquestioned starter to all of a sudden he's a guy who's, you know, he's got to take a back seat and. I I said it last year, I think late in the season, I think the year was still in progress. And I said, you know, kind of thinking out loud, you know, Aaron bringing in Aaron Rodgers might be the one thing that would fix Zach Wilson. I'm not saying it's going to, but I think, uh, how we doing, Brain there? Good evening. Uh, you know, Zach Wilson bringing him in or, or bringing in Aaron Rodgers might be the, the one single thing that Zach Wilson can kind of, you know, sit down, take it all in, and rather than be miffed over the fact that he got benched it would be an opportunity for him to sit back and say all right this is this is my shot now to to get my act together to fix myself as a player as a person whatever you know whatever he needs on the field off the field having a guy like Aaron Rodgers to lean on obviously can do you know can do great things for Zach Wilson now it's up to him to take advantage of the opportunity is he going to will that happen we have no idea but um one thing that we one thing that we know or that we heard today, one thing that was encouraging, um, you know, moving off the Zach Wilson portion of things, Aaron Rodgers was asked, and I didn't hear the specific question. He was just kind of rambling and and, and talking about his experience, which obviously largely positive, you know, um, said he was happy to, you know, said he was as happy as he's been in a while. And that's been evident. I mean, from the time Aaron Rodgers arrived from Green Bay, it was clear that he was a much happier guy. Um, whatever was going on in Green Bay, I don't know. Um, whatever was happening behind the scenes, I think it was clear that Rodgers wasn't thrilled with the coaching situation. And now we're just seeing a different guy. We're seeing a guy who's happy to come to work every day. And, I mean, listen, <laughs> for that kind of money, you better be happy coming to work every day, right? Um, you know, as, as his new contract kicks in. But Rodgers is basically... Uh, we've heard it. We heard before he got here. Everybody said he's gonna be a, a he's gonna be a a player coach, you know. And that's what we're seeing now. We're hearing we're seeing all these all these articles, all these takes from the from the beat writers and observers talking about how he's a he's a coach on the field. He's taken over in the meeting rooms. He's 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 speaking up when when the offense is being installed, making the making the 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 classroom stuff interactive quizzing guys on where they need to be on a given play so it's it's listen everything you're hearing out of camp is exactly what you want to hear at this point but it's you know it's OTAs right i mean if if things aren't going smoothly now if everyone's not happy now you have some serious problems uh but it does appear to be the case that everyone's gelling there are you know as again as i said at the top they're going to lose a couple practice days you know maybe they're not going to be they're not going to be practicing as much as we thought, but that's, you know, it's, it's a couple days of practice. We'll find out once the season kicks off, you know, listen, they start off hot. Nobody's going to care. They start off the offense sputters a little bit and fans right away. You're going to go, Oh, we didn't, they didn't get the reps. We, you know, we heard about them, you know, canceling OTAs and thinking that the, the, the preseason reps for the hall of fame game were going to be enough. Obviously it wasn't blah, blah, blah. So that's basically response to that is going to come down to how things go, once the season kicks off 
but uh, I got off track a little bit there. What I wanted to mention was the uh, two of the names that that Aaron Rodgers mentioned during his presser. Uh, well, two of the numbers, I should say. He mentioned uh, Xavier Gibson and and Jason Brownlee. What do you say, 1782? I don't have their numbers in front of me. Uh, but Xavier Gibson and Jason Brownlee, two undrafted receivers, two guys who play very different games. Uh, uh, Gibson's more of a, a speedy slot guy whereas Brownlee's sort of a bigger-bodied guy, bigger frame, long long guy on the outside, you know, boundary receiver, who I highlighted several times pre-draft. Um, the number of, you know, eye-popping catches he made in college, the, whether it was contested catches, jumping up in a crowd, pulling a ball down, uh, you know, fighting, fighting a defender off with one arm, using the other hand, you know, the other free hand to catch the ball catching the ball and, and outrunning defenders for, for big plays. Just a guy who, you know, didn't play at a huge program, but showed the tools, showed the ability to be a guy who could make an NFL roster and make some plays. And you have to wonder what this means for Denzel Mims. We've talked about Mims. You, you've got to figure that at this point in his career, Denzel Mims is hanging on by a thread and there's got to be, there's got to be major progress from him. Otherwise, a guy like Jason Brownlee could take that roster spot. I believe Rodgers also mentioned Irving Charles, um, if you remember him from last year, another undrafted free agent who the measurables on him, fantastic, big guy, big big, big and fast, uh, nice, com- nice side speed combo. Didn't play a ton at Penn State, but what he did when he did play, he made some, he made some, some attention getting, plays, I guess it'd be one way of putting it, um, showed really good speed for his size ability to, to get away from defenders with, and again, and I, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but believe me when I say very small sample size, only a handful of catches before he went and moved on from Penn state. And then again, as I mentioned, Gibson, uh, Xavier Gibson, smaller shiftier guy, return man, slot experience. So guys who play different roles and what makes him interesting is, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's going to take uh, Randall Cobb's roster spot. I think because of the relationship that Randall Cobb has with Aaron Rodgers, I think he's safe. But I don't know how much he's got left in the tank, how much production you're going to get out of him. Is th- Does that make a guy like Gibson, does that help him hang around as a return man? I think that's. I think he'll get a long look there. But does he hang around on the roster as a return guy who can fill in and, and, you know, who can fill in as your slot receiver from time to time. And, you know, th- listen, this is, we're, we're, what, 40 days away from the team getting back together uh, to start real training camp, like getting things rolling, getting ready for the Hall of Fame game. So we're 40 days out from that. That's when a lot of these decisions are going to be, you know, the, the process of making these decisions is going to begin in terms of who stays and who goes. But a guy like Gibson, a guy like Brownlee, could they steal a roster spot? Could Denzel Mims get bummed? Absolutely. I think there are a few guys who are candidates at that receiver spot. There are guys at safety. I talked about it earlier. I, there's a, I put a very short story on the front page at JetNation.com. The, the safety spot where Will Parks was let go. Will Parks, um, listen, journeyman special teams guy who played a handful of reps on defense not really a a guy you you came into the season thinking he was going to be a big part of the defense you thought if he hangs around he'll be a special teams guy but Will Parks is gone now so that makes me wonder 
what did they see from the safeties that they liked, that they liked enough that they said, okay, we can, we can have one of these guys supplant Will Parks. I mean, Ashton Davis, he's right up there with Denzel Mims as far as I'm concerned. He's got to be hanging on to that roster spot by a thread. Um, brings a little bit more on special teams than Denzel Mims does. But still, look at some of these. Look at the the two undrafted guys that jump out at me. Now, listen, we've talked about Tony Adams extensively last year's UDFA out of Illinois, who I like to get a ton of reps this year. Um, you know, stole a roster spot last year, got some playing time down the stretch, and looked solid considering the fact he was an undrafted guy, no NFL experience, held his own in the secondary late last year, played some corner in college before moving to safety. He's got corner speed. You know, runs in the four fours. So he's got some tools. He's got some experience. And so last year he played well, but now you've got two guys that the Jets brought on this year, again, at the UDFA spot. Of course, Chuck Clark was brought in for a seventh rounder. But in terms of young guys who are, you know, fighting for these roster spots, the type of, you know, the, the type of spot that it's now vacated by Will Parks, um, Marquise Muddy Waters out of Texas Tech and Trey Dean out of Florida, both these guys. I already viewed as potential, you know, you go, you go down the list of undrafted free agents every year. At least I, you know, I do. And I, I kind of pick out like who, who are the four guys, five guys who I give the best chance to make this roster. Um, and some of the guys I, I liked were, were Dean, were Waters. Um, Brownlee was a guy that I really liked. Uh, Gibson because of the return ability. So some guys that we've already mentioned, the linebackers, you got to figure there's, they, they brought on three linebackers, and they are seriously lacking experience at the linebacker spot. I tweeted it out the other day that, what is it, uh, C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams are the only linebackers on this roster who have more than who have at least five NFL starts. It's all just a bunch of inexperienced guys behind them. You've got, of course, you've got Hamza Nautwadine. He's got two starts. You've got Jamie and Sherwood. He's got four. And then you've got undrafted free agents and, and you know, and, you know, a rookie who basically obviously have never started an NFL game. So the Jets are really short on experience at the linebacker spot and safety, obviously not a lot, not a lot better. You do have, you know, of course you've got Whitehead, you've got Clark, but Ashton Davis hasn't played very well. And I'm not so sure he'll be around. Tony Adams played a few games last year. That's, that's it for him. And then the UDFAs who haven't really played, but Marquise Waters is a guy who I think has a chance to stick, not just as a safety, but you you go back and watch him at Texas Tech, and I, you know, I've talked about this a few times now. I went out after watching a few Texas Tech games, and this is where PFF is a useful tool. I said I watch him at Texas Tech, watch two games, three games, and as I'm watching, I just think this guy's lined up all over the place. I'm seeing him every spot. You know, he's in the box. He's 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 lined up at inside linebacker. The next play, he's in the slot. The next play, he's an outside linebacker. The next play, he's at safety. So you go and you look at his PFF numbers and it kind of reflected that like he's not a guy who played like a couple of snaps here and one or two snaps there. And you can kind of you can say he played those positions. I mean, he legitimately, you know, 200 spots at inside linebacker, 100 at outside linebacker, a couple hundred at slot like he played all over the place legitimately. And for a guy who brings that type of versatility, you have to figure Robert Sala loves it. Trey Dean, as I mentioned, a guy who last year. Who, who it looked like he was going to come out last year. He was sort of, if I recall correctly, was getting some buzz as sort of a mid-late round pick. I thought, you know, from from what I saw him do at Florida last year, I thought he would be the fourth or fifth rounder. Um, and he ends up going back to school and falls off a lot of radars, goes to the combine, goes to the combine injured. Um, 
had a really poor showing, ran a four seven five, which even as a player that I liked, I thought to myself, that's that's gonna really crush his draft stock. Injured or not, you show up and run a four seven five at your pro day or at the combine, you're gonna have a really hard time getting attention. And I'm trying to remember now with Dean if it was the pro day or the combine that he ran the four seven five. Um really neither here nor there. Ran a poor forty, didn't get himself drafted but did get picked up by the Jets. One of the guys that I was, again, when you look at that list of UDFAs, he was one that jumped out at me. You think, okay, given the fact this team has so little depth at safety and, you know, with with the need being what it is, and again, now with Will Parks being gone, who, as I mentioned, it's not as if Will Parks was a guy who's playing a million reps, but he did have a roster spot. This year he won't. Someone else is going to get that spot. You have to imagine it's going to be a safety. Do one or two of these safeties take these spots that a guy like Ashton Davis had blocked up last year or does Ashton Davis hang around as a, and I think it was last week I mentioned that, you know, you, there you do get this feeling that at least I do that. I think that the Denzel Mims and Ashton Davis, those two guys, they're still around because of the, their draft status. Joe Douglas used top 100 picks on both those guys. So they're being given a little bit more leeway than other picks than other players would be given who have played, at the level that both Davis and Mims have Mims after flashing as a rookie, hasn't shown a whole lot, um, way too many drops the last couple of years for, on the, when the few opportunities he gets, he's having a hard time hanging onto the ball. Davis struggling with his tackling poor angles. We've seen it time and again, hasn't been as good in coverage as we hoped athletic freak has the physical tools to be able to run with guys, but uh, doesn't anticipate obviously, and he gets twisted around a little too much, a lot more than you would like. So this is what opens the door for for the, the UDFAs of the world to come in and try to steal a roster spot. So we'll see how that all unfolds. As I said, it kicks off in 40 days. Jets open up camp. Uh, Going to be here quick. You know, what is it? I think we're at about 94 days till the opener, give or take a couple. So under 100 days till the season, till the real thing starts, which I would expect some hard knocks cameras to be in tow when the Jets open up camp. I would be shocked, honestly, if it's not the Jets. Uh, I believe Rich Smeany or forget who. Someone tweeted out a little while ago, Dennis Wazak, perhaps, uh, for the Associated Press, the, that there are people in the Jets building who would not be upset if the Jets were the choice for hard knocks. Doesn't surprise me at all. Teams. Players may not like it. Coaches may not like it. But as an owner, the exposure it gives you, uh, the opportunity to get fans more fired up and sell more merch. Um, I don't think owners mind it one bit. So will it be the Jets? We'll find out. But next week, it'll be myself and Dylan back here Thursday night, 7.30 or 6.30, sorry. And hopefully Chris Schubert uh, Friday at 6.30. Chris wasn't on tonight. He had something else going on. Um, and Dylan and I couldn't make it work last night. So tonight, just me next week, possibly back to the usual. This is, this is the time of year where if we're going to maybe take some time off, I know I'm got some holiday plans with the family might miss a show here and there be between now and the start of the season, but, uh, we'll still be here weekly talking Jets football. Thanks for tuning in for this one, Jets fans. And we will catch you next time, hopefully with some, uh, 